You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me gente, my fellow crusaders? What's poppin'? I'm your boy, Omega. See your comic crew on the cover capes. Welcome to a brand new comic crusaders podcast. And yes, today got an amazing creator that got this fire book from an independent company. Let me tell you, yo, this is from the Black Caravan uh, label from Scout Comics. Yo, this book right here is fire. It's called Swamp Dogs, and I am proud to have the co-writer. On right now, we're going to talk about the madness of this book that I read today. This is fire. The one and only Mr. J.M. Brands. What's going hey. on, Kiddo? How you doing? How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm done with work. I'm drinking. I'm, I'm feeling good. Excellent. Do you got the 24 inch python since you got the, since you got the handlebars going on, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I wish. I wish. <laughs> so what's popping, Kiddo? How you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, it's nice and cold where I'm at, and uh, I'm I'm like in my element. Okay, now origin stories is always everything. So where you at? Where you at right now? I born and raised in L.A., uh, San Fernando Valley to be exact. So oh, I'm right. out so, in uh, North Hollywood. All right, so you're there now. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, what well, what is it about there that you haven't has escaped from yet? <laughs> Bear trap. no you know i I, i've i've uh, come i've gone i've left and uh somehow i just uh always circle the drain and wind back here you gravitate back that that's what your center of gravity is apparently then exactly exactly so talk about growing up over there you know and and how you got even involved in fandom so how how was it growing up and how did you get involved into into you know pop culture comics you know about who who introduced it was it a parent a grandparent a brother let me know. I, I, I'm done. Actually, answer that first, because that's one thing I'm always <laughs> curious about. Because uh-huh. I've I, I kind of realized that there's a certain thing going on here, a theme amongst people I know. So, mm-hmm. who who put the first comic book in your hand? Ooh, uh, I put the first comic book in my hand. Um, yeah. So, 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 what I mean is, um, I was a bit of like a, a raised by TV kind of kid, okay. and uh, you know, I. I I grew up in an era where there were like what four channels, something like that. <laughs> and so uh, you know, I, I grew up watching um Super Friends and uh, you know, like what whatever Justice League and uh it it was around the time that the Secret Wars toys were out in the toy stores, and I just immediately was all over both of those. Uh, more the Secret Wars, even though they didn't have a cartoon. Shame on you, Marvel, for not having a Secret Wars cartoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just into it, and um, I was a big superhero fan from a really early age. Even though my parents, nobody in my family was like a comic book person. Oh, really? Okay. So not, my family wasn't, but it was my mom, and I just saw you know a way to keep me quiet. Hey, you like that book there? Because I was just staring at Crystal, Crystal Wars. Ooh, that looks so cool. Mm-hmm. That what she wants? She just placed that bad boy in my hands, and she didn't know what she started. Right, yeah, <laughs> and look at you now, you know. Oh yeah, it's definitely been a, a, a quite a ride. So let's right. talk about your origin, growing up over there and finding your tribe sure. and all. Yeah, so um, I, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, which uh, you know is known for 
being, you know, having Valley Girls and uh, being the filming location for everything, being the porn capital of the world. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was just like a random, uh, generic suburban upbringing. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I wound up starting to go to uh, Golden Apple Comics was my place uh, over in Northridge. Was it local to North- you? Yeah, yeah, it was um it was a bit of a drive, but uh by by the time that I was old enough to read, it was may- maybe like 10-15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh I also started going to a place called Collector's Paradise. And they have a few locations now. Mm-hmm. And uh I just got really into comic books, Marvel specifically. Um I was really into the X-Force. Uh, ah. Yeah, that's that's what I was collecting was like that Rob Liefeld. You uh, love the pouches, didn't you? I I was all about the pouches. You know what I was into was um I I was really big into Warpath for oh, whatever yeah. reason, like that he's, whole he's like character, the whole look. Everything. Yeah, yeah, he, no, no, was, that you know, look. And he was almost pouchless, right? He didn't have pouches. Did he? Yeah, no, no, he had fringes, <laughs> fringes, and like the little like burglar <laughs> face mask. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah, but but no pouches. I don't think. Oh man, yeah, he, you know why? There's another thing about life. He likes he like he liked that look too with the right that footy look. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. I like Warpath too, bro. Definitely. I mean, he definitely gave him a, a, a very cool look compared to how he came out and uh, looking like the Bruce Lee in the New Mutants, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, honestly, like the whole New Mutants thing. Um, I, I don't know that it, pretty much any of those costumes are going to go back in style. You know, like some of the '90s stuff looks cool now. Like we're we're old enough where the '90s are cool again. Yeah. Um. You know, even even like Bishop, I I expect him to rock the mullet anytime uh, again. Hey, the mullet is coming back. I, I yeah. Mean, I was watch. My wife was watching some TV show earlier today, and I, all I'm seeing is people. You know, with mullets, cool mullets, and so this new kid, he's like the new mullet king. Apparently, <laughs> you know, it's it's coming. It's coming, bro. Yeah. It'll be here before we know it, and then uh, all of a sudden, all my baby pictures will look pretty cool again. Yeah, then he's gonna start saying, "Look at me, how fashionable I was." Yeah, uh, seriously. Hey, you know, I, I rocked all those '90s fashions. I had like stencils on the side of my head. I used to like word. have lightning bolts that we would color in. I had fucking parachute pants, slap oh. bracelets. I the the whole thing, man. Yo, yo, brother, you and me, but but listen, we had cool styles. Now everybody's wearing tight things. You know, your balls can't breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, like the 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 tight thing. Like you know, it looks good on some people. It it actually helps yeah. me because I'm a bigger dude. So, um, you know, having like a kind of tighter t shirt kind of makes like sucks everything in. Um, yeah, but but yeah, like my my nuts uh, definitely suffer with like tighter <laughs> stuff. I mean, can we sue the pan company? They got they got to make nut comfortable pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I get these like underwear that have like the pouches for oh, it. See, you know what I'm that. talking about? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. It, it's it, good. It, it like cradles it. It's it it's, it's really the pleasant. The commercial mm-hmm. the dude said it's all about the ballings. <laughs> 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 that motherfucker. Cra- when I heard that, I said ballings. Oh, I said, oh man, he cracked me up. That's hysterical. Hysterical. All right, bro. So here we go. Yeah, we're talking comics and balls and ball, balancing your nuts. Yeah, bro. It's yeah. tight pants. There's about everything in this show. All right. Yeah. So, so when did you find your tribe? I, you know what? I, to, to be honest, Al, I, I have a ton of tribes. That's like uh, <laughs> one of my things. You know, like um, 
I'm a nerd, obviously, but like uh, not one of those socially inept kinds, you know, that, that people make fun of. Um, I We're hung out cool with nerds. a lot of, <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't go as far to call myself cool. Like, I think I hate myself too much for that, but, oh. uh, <laughs> um, but you know, like, uh, you know, junior high teenage years, uh, I, I guess I sort of like really found my footing, um, started hanging out with like a lot of the punk rock kids, um, doing a lot of uh, underage drinking and, you know, hanging out in the, the, in the LA river. And, and yeah, TV. exactly. Be, uh-huh. Being, being a bad kid as much as the suburbs would allow. And, uh-huh. uh, um, just started really getting into music and, and, uh, really getting into just weird stuff, psychedelic stuff, uh, cartoons, uh, you know, uh, cult movies and stuff. And, um, I guess I, I just really sort of found like where I was at uh, around that point and uh, realized that music was a big part of my life and uh, that it was okay to be in a dark stuff and comics and uh, horror. And then, uh, you know, uh, found out how obsessive people can be about horror. And yes. uh, that, that really sort of like took me down my path like that in the um, message boards back in the day. I was ah. a part of a few horror message boards. So, what was the first horror movie that that that, that floored you? Ooh, um, the first one that made like a real impact on me was probably that I watched all the way through was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, uh, you know that. the Coppola saw movie. It in the theater. Yeah, I saw it yeah. In the theater. yeah, that was the first one that I saw in the theater. I was oh. like eight or nine at the time, and uh, you know just that it could be dark, that it could be artsy, that, you know, uh, big name actors could be in it, that kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, when I was a little kid, I saw a bit of killer clowns from outer space <laughs> and that freaked the hell out of me. And, um, and, and, and that sort of stuck with me too, was like, you know, like how can clowns be scary? And like, you know, how can you be silly and scary at the same time? And, and I think that like really had a, a big impact on, my sensibility of horror. Like I love adding humor to my horror. And that's all the best horrors. I mean, yeah. one of my favorites is uh, return of the living dead. I also saw that. Mm-hmm. But I love that. That was a great combination of zombies and, and, and comedy. And then they yeah. came out with the sequel. And then just that one scene where the <laughs> asshole is like, I, I, this feels so familiar. Like, oh my like, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the second one's like super underrated. I mean, the first one's one yes. of my favorites, but yeah, people don't, people sleep on the second one. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they sleep on the whole Reanimator too, I feel, because Reanimator is mm-hmm. dope. I mean, we yeah. had some fantastic movies back then. I just, I just actually watched the last of the films again the other day, the, the last for the Reanimator trilogy. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. He was yeah. in jail, remember? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, all of them are well. solid. Yeah, yeah. All of them are solid. Uh, Reanimator's got a special place in my heart, too. For yeah, sure. nice, nice, nice. All right, so let's start talking about when you started taking steps into your creative journey. You know, when when, when, it start, when did that start tickling your fancy and you taking that first step forward? You know, um, like from a pretty early age, I was told that uh, my vocabulary was really good and, um, my sense of storytelling was really good. People told me I should be a writer and I was like, oh, wow, I get the most praise for writing. Like, you know, people think that I'm smart and everything, but, um, 
I guess I should be a writer. And so writing was like one of the first things I ever really wanted to do, you know, like uh, apart from, you know, when we're kids, we, we want to do all kinds of weird stuff. Like I wanted to be a, a taxi driver and <laughs> I wanted to be like a ghostbuster. Um, but then, but then writing came, came pretty quick. And um, so, you know, even in high school, I was writing for journals and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, even in college, I was taking creative writing classes and they wanted me to uh, join the creative writing major. And, uh, you know, it, it's always been a part of my life and I've always written bad poetry and horror stories and stuff, <laughs> but I didn't, uh, I didn't start sending stuff out for publication until relatively recently. I think, um, I got really dissuaded by being rejected a little bit too much. And then I had a son and I was like, Oh shit, I don't want my kid to think I'm a loser. So I'm going to really start trying to be a writer uh, as opposed to like just a day job hump type. And uh, so I started submitting stuff a little bit more seriously. And my first story got published a year and a half ago now. Or, or two years ago, nice. and um, yeah, it's it's been. Uh, how did you feel when episodes. you got that yes? How did how did that first yes feel? Oh man, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Eric over at Midnight Tales and Midnight Magazine. Um, but it felt really good because it's a story that, like, even still, I feel really strongly about. I believe in. Um, so it can be found in Midnight Tales Volume Three. Um, I plan on getting it reprinted at some point, but um, fun fact about my first horror short story that got published is it started out as a comic book, uh, like a horror comic anthology story okay. uh, for a small press that went under right before it was going to get published. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a short story about it um, in order to like adapt it into a comic. I worked backwards on it. Um, gotcha. But so in the near future, I'm hoping to get into a horror anthology comic and uh, have that story come out. So Excellent. keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. All right. So uh, just for people that you know, trying to navigate, just like you were, like, how are you finding places to submit? What type of work and research were you doing? Keywords being used and all. Yeah. Um. You know, honestly, with um the comic stuff. Uh, we originally reached out to Image uh, because my co-writer Theo Presidis has a book out from Image called The Doomster's Monolithic Pocket Alphabet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> and um, we didn't we didn't get a yes from them. And it turns out that it's like a number of reasons, I guess stray dogs and swamp dogs sound a little bit too similar. And we didn't know stray dogs was going to come out uh, around the same time. And um, then there was uh two moons, you know, the civil war horror book. And so I guess, two civil war horror books at around the same time is also not the greatest so but again uh, not also you know you get pieces of that but it's more than yeah. that so then i get you know shame on you but it's all right because you know look who got it now mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it and yeah I no we, we a found a great home it was yeah. sorry what was that and I actually got a nice little PowerPoint to show off a little bit of Swamp Dogs. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah, so awesome. you can show it off a, a, a little bit. So talk about that. How, how did you come across, you know, landing at a Black Academy? How, how, and, you know, working with the team that you have? 
Right. Okay. So as far as finding a publisher goes, um, you know, we, we just like really dug in because uh, truth be told, I wasn't doing a whole ton of like small press books at the time. Um, I, you know, I mostly follow image and dark horse and Marvel. Um, so we just like went to comiXology and comic vine and started looking up independent publishers and sort of like feeling them out as far as like what books they're putting out. Does it look like they're on the rise? Um, that kind of a thing. And, and black caravan felt like a, a, well, scout at the time felt like a really good home. And then we found out that they were doing a horror imprint with black caravan and we were like, okay, that's fate, you know? (laughs) Uh, so uh that's that's how we landed there as far as uh everybody else goes um the co-writer theo i met writing at screen rant which is like a big entertainment website um how did when... you get on that too i saw you on that that's oh awesome, yeah brother. yeah thank you um you know honestly i was looking at craigslist jobs for freelance writing craigslist and yeah yeah craigslist and uh, yeah yeah i i had done like one or two music reviews before that and i was just like you know what i want to write about sports and so um i found a, a craigslist ad for a sports writer on uh, and uh the sportster.com um and so i started writing nba articles for the sportster and um it turns out that they're part of like the screen rant family and my editor really liked my work and so he recommended me to screen rant and uh i wrote for them for like two years oh, on and gosh. off yeah yeah um you know did did some comic stuff did some movie stuff did some tv stuff and uh did some video game stuff for them too nice like that yeah but it's journey folks you see <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love it let's yeah. get into the, the yeah, gorgeous please. book i mean oh look at that yo definitely a cheeky cover right here yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> had to have that little ass grab there yeah man but this is dope man look, and look at the art right fire yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I firmly believe that a cover sells a comic book, especially oh, yeah. with like an like nobody knows my name yet. And um so they're only gonna judge it based on the cover and uh Robert Samelin is about as good a cover artist as anybody's ever gonna get. He's gorgeous, dude. And there goes the team folks right there, JM, Theo, you mm-hmm. know, the, uh Ruth Redman, Cuba Ball. Uh, Steve Wands, Robert Samlin, is Samlin? If I murder name, sorry. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say Samlin. I don't know if I'm right. He yeah. hasn't corrected me yet. So, all right. So we yeah. we, we we may be right. Yay! Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> so an awesome imprint from Scout, as you could see, Black Caravan. You know, doing some awesome stuff. So, is this a creator-owned project, right? It is. Go yeah. Back. Awesome. Awesome. And look at this. Look at this coloring. Oh yeah, Ruth is Ruth is a beast. Uh, th- this was like actually her first attempt at it. Um, she just we, we didn't, yeah seriously we didn't have like any notes about like oh like let's go with oranges and reds or whatever and she just hit us with that and we were like oh holy shit we made the right choice uh, asking her to join us. Um, you know it's it's a flashback scene and it's a really chaotic scene so. We just wanted something that conveyed chaos and panic and uh, urgency, and yeah, and that's that sort of like fire palette. <laughs> yeah, nasty. Yeah, I I wish that I could take credit for that, but I think that was actually <laughs> Theo that that came up with that one. 
Oh man, crazy imagination, Theo. And look at the looks <laughs> of these guys too. I love it. That makes you say Civil War base. So why why begin the story in this era? Um, you know, because I like I like when a movie and and really we think of Swamp Dog's House of Crows as a movie. It's like five issues, and it's going to play out like an old school horror movie. And nice. and so the the first issue is like very teasy. Um, I like very. when a movie leads <laughs> off with like a flashback that sort of gives you the backstory and then hits you with that like title. And uh, that's exactly what we did was, you know, we wanted something really brutal in the beginning and hit you with the title. Yeah. I mean, poor guy. At least he got to take a shit before he dies. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> in my mind, he doesn't finish. Oh, oh <laughs> damn, bro. Oh, man. He just has a turtle head when they find him. <laughs> no, you no, know, I, I mean, the the whole idea behind that with that character was we wanted to sort of because you're going to see it in later issues when we do our backstory for him, that he's kind of this like rough and tumble kind of guy. And uh, we wanted that to sort of hide uh, a nervous personality. Ah, And so like he's running away from certain death. Right. And his stomach gets so fucked up by it that he just like has to run off and take a shit. Like he's got the squirts because he's so scared. And so that's, that's kind of like, I read one review of us that said yeah. that we were throwing in toilet humor. I don't think of it as toilet humor. It's not toilet like, humor. I don't find that funny. To, to be fair, there is toilet humor in the book, but that's the issue too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what's wrong with this? I mean, this is a civil war. They're nervous. What do you want them to do? Crap his pants? This is the real. They didn't have helmets. They that's had funny. caps. They're not going to shit on a cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, most yeah, likely not. Yeah, they're gonna go take a sit in the corner and say, "Yo, fellas, I see you later." All right? mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Don't watch me. I can't go if you watch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know it's kind of funny too because Theo is a bit of a became a history buff. He's a history buff, but didn't know much about the Civil War because okay. he's from Greece. And right. um, yeah, from Greece. How, what, so how the hell did you find Theo then? If you always well, we, we just uh, we we started writing for Screen Rant around the same time, and Holy we discovered shit, that we bro. both like uh, heavy metal music and nice. specifically stoner metal. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so we, you know, we we just got to talking. Um, but have yeah, you like, ever met in person? No, no. In okay. fact, uh, only. I'm the only person to have met another person on our team. I met our <laughs> letterer during New York Comic Con. He's out in New Jersey. I'm out in LA, but I flew over to New York Comic Con. Oh, bet this so, year? Yeah, this year. It was like, you know, a couple weeks before the book was supposed to drop. And so I was like, you know, I'm only ever going to have one major convention right before my first book comes out. So. Yeah. Uh, I was there to do some signings and stuff. And, oh, you're uh, right. How did that feel? Why are you doing that? Oh, it felt <laughs> amazing. It felt amazing. You know, I was like, if one person comes up to me for an, uh, an autograph or something, I'll feel good. And it was so much more than that. And the reception uh, nice. that I got was like a lot more. And so it, it welcome, felt right? Welcome, kiddo, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So talk yeah. about the sceneries here too. I mean, this is all sure. part of the story you set up, right? And who are these characters? Yeah. So so uh Beardy is uh Beardy. Lieutenant Colonel uh Bertram Kugel. Uh he's like the leader of the Swamp Dogs. Uh the the other dude with him is uh 
George. Uh, God, why am I why am I blanking on my own character's name? Yeah, he's alive. A, yeah, it, there you go. Uh so he's he's like um the right hand man of the swamp dogs. He's this uh really messed up sniper type. Uh we get to learn a little tiny bit about each of them in issue three. Oh. Um and then, you know, if people like it enough, every single character has a big backstory that we can get into with like a one shot or a mini series or something. Um, but he's like a really messed up dude. And I'll, I'll spoil it. But basically, like we tease that he was so depraved on the battlefield, this sniper guy, that he had to be removed from duty and was put in a uh, Civil War POW prison as a prison guard. And in order to have fun and refine a shot, he manufactured and and created a jailbreak within the like biggest uh, POW <laughs> camp in the Civil War, just so he could pick off the escapees. Oh, so yeah, he's he's like a messed up guy. And uh, oh, George Cotter—that's his name, gentleman George Cotter. I got gentleman, it. Gentleman, gentleman, my ass. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the point of the book is like, uh, we, we don't want to like any of the swamp dogs and we wanted to make sure that they're as evil as evil can be. Um, so yeah, like you're, you're not supposed to like or respect any of them. <laughs> um, and, uh, Kugel handpicked them and, and that's sort of the story is, uh, they, they, they pick or he handpicked, uh, 11 others, to sort of act as a guerrilla force to stop the Union soldiers from taking New Orleans. Okay. So, and, and talk about this horror element that you've put into it as well. Sure. So, um, they settle at a plantation on the Mississippi River in the Louisiana Bayou. And that's basically, they're, they're going to be like a guerrilla uh, force that sabotages any Union... Um, any Union excursion down the Mississippi. Uh, but while they're there at this plantation, they discover voodoo and they decide to sort of become voodoo masters in and of themselves. Oh and uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, they're just like sacrificing people and like doing all these like crazy twisted rituals and stuff. And um, then they uh, get uh, resurrected 160 years later or however many years later i can't do math right now uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> present, present day they they do these uh, uh they they get resurrected and um they they're not resurrected as zombies i know it looks like a zombie book it's not a zombie book uh these things are smart they're fast they're mean they're you know extremely intelligent and they have powers um, you know, we, we don't get into it a whole, whole lot in these five issues enough to see that like, there's some thought put into it and some sadism because they're all sadists. Um, but Holy yeah, shit. yeah, there's, it's not, you know, brain munching or anything. Uh, you know, it's uh, killing for killing sake and being really twisted about it. And, and yeah, that almost on that 23 days later time when everybody was going nuts and just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this is like, um, I, I've explained it to people as thinking about it like Cenobites. 
like oh. voodoo powered Cenobites Ooh. is, is kind of a better way of thinking about it. Mm. Like these people are just in it for the pain and the destruction and the power. And so uh, we're, we're going to see some really twisted kills in it. Um, that's, that's kind of one of my things is like, I just like seeing like the most fucked up stuff that, that we can get away with. I get it. I get it, man. We grew up in an era of great movies that were showing mm-hmm. us some screwy shit that they can't be. Rep- I mean, they try to do it nowadays with CGI and it just looks shitty. Back in the right. day, it looked real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. What is going yeah. on here? Yeah, all that Tom Savini stuff, the practical effects, definitely. The, the, the man, the man, the legend. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to meet him. My brother actually had met him, and uh, at some the last issue of Fangoria when they were going mm-hmm. through that, and actually got got his signature for me, sent it to me. On, on oh, nice, scene. very yeah, cool. Him and a couple of others. I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, that's so so dope. Because uh, I put rad. my brother, my siblings, on Sahara. Oh, okay. Twisted shit, you know. <laughs> are are you the big brother? Yes, I'm the big brother. Okay, I was the yeah. one that my, that my mom, I like saying to people, made me take down my Chucky poster and my uh, <laughs> and my face, my maskless Jason poster, because my mm. little middle brother at the time could not sleep at night, and he also had just gotten on my buddy doll, and then this oh, movie comes yeah. out. And then, oh, you know, yeah. big brother, what is Big Brother going to do with those type of opportunities? Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the most fun stuff. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. You know, the, the first time I saw a Child's Play uh, commercial, I, I was uh, being house-set by somebody that, you know, I, I don't normally stay with. And it was the middle of the night. I was on my own. And I had my buddy right next to me in the dark. <laughs> you like, what the f- yeah. Like, Yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was bad. That's bad. how I had him, bro. That and then my uh, one of my friends also put him onto zombies at an early age, but he, he was scared of them at first. So my friend would roll up his eyes and says, "I'm gonna eat your brains." <laughs> and this kid, Ma, trying to kill me. Like he really believes it was hysterical, bro. Shout out to my brother Daniel Black. Yes, I just embarrassed you on air. <laughs> yeah, and, and now I can't think of you seriously, Daniel. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun stuff. Fun stuff. I mean, uh, do you have siblings? Yeah, I do. I, I have a younger brother who's a couple years younger, and then I have a younger sibling uh, who's uh, seven years. And me and my brother, we used to share a room, and one of our favorite things to do, speaking of horror, because we've, we've been <laughs> lifelong horror people, is we would create haunts for my little sibling just randomly. That was like one of our favorite things to do. We would decorate our room like a haunted house, oh, cool. you know, and, and then have have them go through it and just scare the shit out of them every single time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah. And, and me and my brother, even to this day, like we have this thing where we just do our best to scare each other really bad. uh, If we get the opportunity, that's like uh, how, how we bond with each other. I get you. It's like with us, it's different. Though. Everybody gets blasted, and uh, unfortunately, the first one that falls out is going to wind up, you know, looking very strange when they wake up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There so you they, go. I, I, I got to be like this, one eye around them. Oh, you, know, you they, have they to. They try to get me. They've tried to get me, and, and it was that I would sense them in one eye. Uh huh. Like, and he, and they were like, "Do you got fucking spider sense, you motherfucker?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you got. You know what? When, when, when you're good at busting balls and uh, you got siblings, you got to be on guard at yeah, 24 hours time. a day, all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, it, it's fun life, guys. It's it's fun. This is supposed to. Be. That's all love, you know, for real. Yeah, but, exactly. Bro, so 
Huh? All right. So you have any advice, you know, for any up and coming creators that are going through the journey right now? You know, since you know you're not you you're there, you you're doing it, brother. You got in, bro. You right. being blessed. So right. you know, what's something you learned that you could share? You know, um, I guess my best advice would be keep on trucking. Um, you know, and and what I mean by that is. I, I would always doubt myself. I still do on, on a daily basis. Um, but if you have an idea that you really believe in, just stick with it. Because if you really like something, chances are there's going to be somebody else out there that really likes it too. And it's just about finding the right person at the right time. And uh, so you just stick with it and and don't let don't let the haters drag you down. Ain't that the truth? You know, middle finger to the haters because you know, they, you know, Ask them what they doing. <laughs> you know, if you're doing something, screw them, bro. That's real talk. That's good stuff. So, JM, again, bro. So, right, this is your socials right here on Twitter, right? Mr. Yeah. JM Brandt, I-G-J dot M dot Brandt. And, of course, Swamp Dogs comic. Now, may I ask, what are we going to get on that Swamp Dogs, man? Are we getting teases and stuff on the comic through that? You know, a, a little tiny bit. Uh, For the Instagram, we sort of, like, we're like, oh, well, what do we do? So whenever a new comic cover would come out, because we have 19 different covers for issue one. 19? 19. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So hey, okay, the wait, hustle wait, wait. is real. I can't real. let you go. You <laughs> yeah, no, 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 please. So who, who did you get to work on your covers? A- a- any any ill names that we know of? Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, uh, Javon Jordan. Oh, uh, he's he's like really up and coming. Uh, he did a cover for El Rey Comics and uh, Encased Comics. I think it was like a joint exclusive, and uh, that one is sick. Um, Sajad Shah did a cover. Uh, Ivan Tao did a cover. Uh, we had a brand new. Well, she's like an established artist, but this was her first uh, cover. Uh, her name is Suspiria. She did one for Royal Collectibles out Suspiria. in Queens. Love the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had uh, Chuma Hill's first variant cover. Um, we had Johnny Desjardins do a cover. Um, you know, all, all kinds of very talented people. Casey Parsons did our uh, John Carpenter cover. Uh, Ooh, for, John yeah, Carpenter. yeah we, we have a cover that's like uh, supposed to be like the poster for The Fog. And oh, it, classic. yeah, it, it looks just like it. Um, that's for things from another world, the, the comic shop. And then there was a distressed version that was a, a New York Comic Con exclusive. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Can we get anything, any of those at swampdogscomics.com? Uh, you know, I am about to actually throw some of those on there. I wanted hey! to let, yeah, I wanted to let like the shops that actually like paid for the exclusives, uh, you know, sell theirs before I put my comps up there. Um, but yeah, we will have limited numbers of the variants. Right now, we have two different versions of the book plus our ash can up. Um, we have oh, our nice. uh, one in ten variant, which is an artist named Solo Macello. He's like a metal artist. He worked with a bunch of big metal bands, and and that cover's awesome. And then we have our A cover. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, keep keep looking at the website. We will have some variants up for sale. Well, I want and, that uh, fog one. If me. you got one, if you got yeah. one of the fog ones, bro, set one aside for Mister Mike. It's I want yours. That one. <laughs> it is yours. <laughs> you got it. 
That's awesome, kid. So, folks, please visit the website, support independent creators like Omi J and Brent right here. You see his story. I mean, amazing, yo. A blogger now doing comics, man, his first con. Yeah, that's my last thing there, too. Shit. I want to end it there. Like, the New York comic, Arnold Willow, how was the experience? I mean, was it a jam-packed weekend? What, what, were you in the, in the area where there was getting a lot of foot traffic? You know, how was uh, it? You know, it, it, was, it was a weird year. And everybody told me it was a weird year because, you know, we still had the, the COVID stuff, right? And so um, foot traffic-wise, it was, like, a lot lighter. Like, I've been in San Diego before for Comic-Con, and that one, you know, you have your arms tucked in in front of you. You can barely walk. You're sort of, like, shuffling uh, everywhere. Um, this one, there was, like, a little bit more breathing room up until Sunday, um, but I was at, um, the Wicked Monkey Comics booth. They were the ones that were doing the New York Comic Con exclusive. And, um, that was like on a nice big artery of, uh, the floor. So we got a lot of foot traffic there. And then I was at Scout Comics booth, uh, signing for a little bit. And that was really good. And, um, then I signed for CBCS, the comic grading okay. service. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they had a prime spot downstairs in Artist Alley. Mm. So yeah, a lot of foot traffic, a lot of people staring at um the cover because I have a banner of the cover. Um Excellent. so it was good. It was it, it it was good exposure and it was yeah, it was j- jam-packed definitely uh is is a good way of ex- explaining it. I mean, especially bars don't close down there. So oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> every every night I was there with like a buddy until like four thirty five o'clock, uh, you know, Don't just having drinks. Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. Uh, you love it. New York is that. great. Yeah, I miss it. I miss this. I miss this so bad, yo, home. Um, and I was always hitting New York Comic Con, and then uh, you know, the year prior, you know, that that had it what, was it twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, they started giving me positives to after parties. Mm. So, you know, and I got to go to my first Comic-Con after party. Holy shit, bro. Comp, like, you know, top shelf stuff. Mm-hmm. Bougie Wendy's menu. Bougie <laughs> Wendy. I mean, yo. Bougie Wendy's, huh? Dude, yeah, bro. Uh, Red Ball Frosties. You know, cinnamons. Like the, oh, yeah. Like, okay. Like, you know, the Red Ball, yeah. you know I mean? the Red Ball Cinnamon drink. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. With actually little red fireballs in it that would fuck you up. Then they yeah. had some like sliders like with some bacon and like angus beef joint um you were speaking my language bro i'm telling you bro that was a <laughs> pothead's fucking dream <laughs> like yo bougie wendy's free drinks amazing music like i was talking to skrillex and i didn't even realize it <laughs> that's awesome yeah. I was saying is that we were chit chatting because I was standing in the VIP area. I don't know who right. the fuck these people are. They, yeah. It was just quick. It was up, blah, 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 blah. You know, I got a couple of drinks in, half hour passes. You know, the DJ's playing. I look up and it's him. I'm like, yes it is it is really funny when that sort of thing happens and that sort of thing really only happens uh at conventions which is why if uh, whoever's watching this if you've never been like a big con go to a big con it's rad and do your best to get invited to an after party or something because those are sick oh yeah yeah Uh, my wife went to one royal and comic con they we got invited to for the royal right comic con Mm -hmm. and and, you know good music and all and, and it was geek core you know what i mean mm-hmm. core. and then all of a sudden all you see is a whole bunch of dudes some song comes on 
you know, all the bunch of nerds and cosplay dudes all twerking, and everybody's like, goes, Yeah, <laughs> my wife's like, What in the hell is going on? Yeah, like, this is how nerds party, son. <laughs> it's true, they you know, it's it's ridiculous <laughs> because, like, you know, we we get made fun of all the time, but like, you get a few drinks or like some we weed into a nerd, party. and yeah, yeah, they you go hard. You know what? I can't wait to party with you, man. You ever come down to Florida or, or we could hook up in New York or something? Kid hey. Let's do it. And, I'm down. And, and I have family out there, so I could find out some good stuff. And, you know, don't worry, brother. Sounds you know, good to me. You know, you love stoner music? I'll get you stoned so you can listen to some good shit. <laughs> All right? <laughs> yeah, works for me. There we go, folks. Follow the big homie, like I said, on the Twitter verse, on the Instagram verse. Please visit the website, buy your comics. Please support Scout Comics as well. Check them out. They got an amazing array of titles from an amazing, you know, stable of uh, creators across the board. All right. Be sure to check them out. My outro tells you what to do with the exception of please visit our comic book shop at comiccrusaders.shop. And if you want some awesome swag like this awesome tee right here, all right, got to go to comiccrusaders.us. Right? And with that, I'm Al Mega. Hasta la próxima. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.